Hello, good morning. This is Rick Pina, and I'm bringing you today's word for September 7, 2023. I'm teaching a series on the parables of Jesus. I started the, the year with a series on the miracles of Jesus, and, and we went through every miracle. Now we're going through a series where we're going to cover every parable. We're right now on the second parable that I'm going to cover. I spent some time on the parable of the sower. I call that the mother of all parables. Now I'm teaching on the parable of the talents. We've already been studying this parable for weeks, but we're going to continue it. There's levels and levels of revelation in the Word of God. So the title of today's message is Pearls from the Parables. We're getting pearls from the parables. Put that in the chat. We're getting pearls from the parables every day. And the title is this. This is part 52 of the series, by the way. Don't be deceived. God is a good God. Say this. Say God is a good God. Say God is good. My God is a good God. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. God is a good God. God doesn't want to bless me because I'm good. No, no, that's what religion teaches. Religion teaches I have to be good for God to bless me. God is performance-based religion. I need to perform. Listen, no, I'm not doing what I'm doing for God to bless me. No, I'm doing what I'm doing because I love God and God loves me. And God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. Open up your heart to the goodness of God. All right, so God is a good God. Yes, he is. We're going to talk about the goodness of God. I want you to open up your heart to the goodness of God. I don't know about you, but I was raised in a very religious mindset. And when I was raised in a, in a religious setting, uh, then my perception of God was not that God is a good God and God wants to bless me. My perception of God was more like, ooh, you know, that's God. And so I understand, like, you know, I was taught the, the fear of the Lord. Now, I'm not saying that we shouldn't have reverence for God. Of course, like that type of reverential fear is the beginning of wisdom. But what I'm saying is we should not be afraid of God. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 4 that we can actually stand before God on the day of judgment with confidence, with boldness. Why? Because as Jesus is, so are we in this world. When we are convinced that God loves us, when we're convinced that we are one with Jesus and Jesus is one with us, then the day of judgment is not this woo kind of thing. No, I, I'm going to go stand before my father who loves me and he, he will receive me because I'm covered with the blood of his son. Say, God is a good God. Yes, he is. All right. Before we get into the parable, Psalms 126 and verse four is something that we've been meditating on at our church all year because we believe that this is a season of refreshing and restoring for us. So this is what the Bible says. I'm going to put this through your hearing again. Say, now, Lord, do it again. Lord, do it again. Put it in the chat. Lord, do it again. Restore us to the former glory. May streams of your refreshing flow over us until dry hearts are drenched again. We believe that in this season, we have no dry areas. Put in the chat, no dry areas for me. No dry areas for me. If there's any area of my life or of my heart that's dried up, this is a season for the Lord to refresh it and to drench me again. Say amen to that. Matthew chapter 25, beginning at verse 14. We're going to go all the way down to verse 30. This is what Jesus said. Again, the kingdom of heaven is like a wealthy man who went on a journey. And before he left, he summoned three trusted servants to him. And he gave unto them financial management, 
responsibilities. He gave them financial stewardship responsibilities. To one, he gave five talents of gold. To another, two talents of gold. To another, one talent of gold. And he actually gave it to them according to their ability to manage. And so we've covered all of that. To the one entrusted with five talents of gold, he went out and he doubled the money. The one entrusted with two talents of gold, he went out and he doubled the money. The one entrusted with one talent of gold, he was skeptical of the master. He was deceived. He didn't believe in the goodness of the master. So he dug a hole and buried it and did nothing with it. And so after a long time after much time had passed, the master returned and there came a day where the master wanted to settle accounts. And there will come a day. It's been a long time since Jesus left, but one day he's coming back and there's going to come a moment where we have to settle accounts. He's going to know, want to know, what have you done with the one life that I gave you? And so to the one entrusted with five talents of gold, he said, hey, master, I doubled your money. And he said, oh, wow. He said, man, I didn't even know that I could do this thing, but you gave me the opportunity and I made the most of the opportunity and you were already good with money, but you gave me the responsibility and the opportunity and the accountability to be like you. And I'm so thankful that you did just like as you are. So am I, I doubled your money. And he said, well, guess what? You've been faithful. You've been loyal. You've been good. You, matter of fact, what I gave you is small in comparison to what I'm about to do in your life. Your ladder shall be greater. Oh, well, glory to God. This is a small thing. You've been faithful over little. I'm going to give you charge over much. And to now to the joy of the Lord. The guy with two talents said, hey, I doubled your money too. He said, don't worry. I got you. I got you. Yeah, you're the same thing. You've been faithful. You've been loyal. What I gave you is small in comparison to what I'm about to do in your life. Your ladder shall be greater. Despise not small beginnings, man. I'm about to bless you real good. And to now and to the joy of the Lord. The guy that had one talent, this is what he said. Well, he said, look, sir, I know that you are a hard man to please and that you're a ruthless and shrewd businessman who grows rich off of the backs of other people. Say he was deceived. He had the wrong perception of the master. He says, I was afraid of you, so I went out and I hid your money. I buried it. I didn't do anything with it. Um, but here it is. Now that you're back, take it. It's yours. I don't even want it. His perception was off. Put that in the chat. His perception was off. He was deceived. His master said to him, you know what? You are untrustworthy and you are lazy. If you knew that I was a shrewd businessman, at least what you could have done was put the money in the bank and got me some interest. You didn't even do that. And because you didn't do that, watch this. Now I'm going to take what you have, what I entrusted unto you. I'm going to give it to the guy that has 10 because to him that has, even more shall be given unto him. When, he, when you prove yourself faithful over this, God is going to give you more. But to him that has little, even the little that he has will be taken away if he's unfaithful. He says, now take this man away from me. Right? I don't even want to see him. Take him to the, into the utter darkness where there will be weeping and gnashing of teeth. So what does this mean for you today? So I, all of that is just a setup. So now I can teach. You ready? What does this mean for you today? I have seven things to share with you in this morning as I go through these seven. And of course, for those of you that signed up to get the notes, you have the notes, right? And so seven things to share with you in this morning. I'm going to walk you through it. You ready? Number one. The deception of the devil can blind you to the goodness of God. Put in the chat, please don't be blinded to the goodness of God. 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 from the New Living Translation. The Bible says, Satan, who is the God of this world, I think some people don't understand that. I think, I think some people fail to understand it. Satan is the God of this world, right? Um, and all of us were blinded. All of us lived in, in Ephesians chapter two. All of us lived under the influence of the God of this world. All of us were, were children of disobedience. And we were by nature children of disobedience. We by nature operated in wrath. 
but then we got born again. We were born that way, but then we got born again. But Satan, who is the God of this world, 2 Corinthians chapter 4 and verse 4 says, has blinded the minds of those who do not believe. So there were three, three stewards here. Two of them were faithful, one was not, and the one that was not is because his mind was blinded to the goodness of the master. They are unable, Paul says, to see the glorious light of the good news of the gospel. They don't understand this message about the glory of Christ, who is the exact likeness of God. He says that, listen, I'm preaching the gospel, but there's a lot of people that don't receive it because they're deceived. See, the devil uses deception to turn people against God. This, this unfaithful steward, his heart was turned against his master. The devil uses deception to blind the minds of many. And when your, when your mind is blinded, you cannot see the goodness of God. This unfaithful steward could not see the goodness of his master. He was, he was blinded to it. He was blinded to the goodness. Don't allow the devil to deceive you to the point where your heart becomes hard towards God or where your heart becomes bitter towards God. There are some people that have allowed their, their minds or their circumstances or their situations to cause them to be blinded towards God. Or let's, let's say this way. Maybe, I don't know why this guy thought, some way, somehow, this is what he thought of the master. You get rich off of the backs of other people. You're trying to reap what you have not sown. You're trying to take something from me and not get something to me. Obviously, he built up that perception somehow. And I know that sometimes people get hurt in church and, and, and they call it, there's a term called church hurt. And there's people that walk away from church and they say they're walking away from religion and they can't stand God and this happened or something happened in the church or something happened with God or somebody died or whatever. And their heart gets hard towards God. Listen, God is a good God. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. Please don't allow your heart to become hard towards God. Because if it does, you're going to miss the goodness of God and you're going to miss out on God's best. We only have a limited time on this planet. So we need to make the most of the limited time that God has given us. Say amen to that. All right, number two, the mind of the unfaithful steward was blinded to the goodness of the master. The unfaithful steward thought the master was trying to get rich off of his efforts. In other words, the unfaithful steward thought that the master was trying to take something from him instead of trying to get something to him. The unfaithful steward had the wrong perception. Put this in the chat, say, I will have the right perception. For, for you and I to make the most of the limited time that we have here on this planet, we have to have the right perception. We're not going to allow our minds or our hearts to be blinded. He had the wrong perception of the master. The unfaithful steward's mind was blinded to the master's goodness. His heart, listen, when your heart is blinded to the goodness of God, you become skeptical of God, right? You don't trust God. The unfaithful steward was skeptical. The other two was like, hey, I doubled your money. But this guy was like, no, mm -mm, I ain't doing nothing for this guy. This guy is trying to get rich off of me. He was skeptical. What you don't want to be is skeptical towards God. Now, some people become skepti skeptical of God because they're skeptical of the church. And they think that somebody's trying to take something from them. Oh, I ain't trying to go to church. These people, all these pastors just trying to take my money. <laughs> and so I'm not saying, listen, I know that there's unfortunately some unscrupulous leaders that have done bad things. 
But let's not throw the baby out with the bathwater, right? Let's agree that the pattern is right, even though mater the materials may be flawed. Let's agree that what God instituted is right, even though some people get it wrong. Let's not say that because there's some people that done some things wrong, that God is wrong. Don't allow the devil to blind your eyes towards the goodness of God. Say amen to that. Number three, if you're deceived to the point where you cannot see the goodness of God, you're going to miss out on God's best when God is trying to bless you. Let me get this down in your heart. I'm going to say this multiple times today because I need you to get it. Our God is a good God. Put that in the chat. Say, God is good. Our God is a good God. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. God wants to bless you because God made plans for you from the foundations of the world. Our God is a good God and he wants to bless you. Not because you're good. He wants to bless you because he is good. If you have the wrong perception of God, you will miss out on his best when he's trying to bless you. The unfaithful steward had the wrong perception. He was deceived. He did not trust the master. And because he didn't trust the master, he did nothing with what he was given. See, this is the danger. Here's another danger. That another danger of those who are deceived is that they actually think they're so deceived that they think they're wrong. Have you ever talked to somebody who's deceived and they are convinced that they're right, right? Uh, uh, they don't realize that they're wrong. They're convinced that they're right. And they're, they are convinced that they're right and that you're the one that's wrong. This God thing, forget that, you know, and I ain't going back to the church. I ain't going, I ain't going back to y'all and don't even call me. And they're convinced that they're right and that you're wrong. And, and, and they are sincere, sincere in their convictions, but sincerity doesn't equal accuracy. You can be sincere and sincerely wrong. And so what you want to do is be open to the goodness of God. This guy was convinced. He was like, no, I'm not going to do nothing. You know why I ain't going to do nothing? Because this dude is trying to get rich off me. Uh-uh. I ain't gonna let that happen. I'm gonna just dig a hole. I'm gonna just put it right here. I tell you what, when he comes back, I'll just give him his little talent back. I'm not doing nothing with it. He was deceived and he was convinced and he thought he was right. He saw the other two guys, the guy over there with two, the guy over there with five, they do, I'm not doing that. See, there's some people that are so deceived that they genuinely think that they're right and they entrench themselves. When you try to go talk to them and be like, no man, hey, come on back, man. We love you. We thank God for you. We appreciate you. You know, like you try to minister to them. You try to bring them back into the fold. You try to restore them to the faith. These are people that give you the Heisman and they, they entrench themselves in their deception because they're so deceived that they think that they're right when they're actually wrong. This is why we should not ever think so highly, too highly of ourselves to the point where we can't receive correction. The word of God is good for reproof, for rebuke, for correction and righteousness. If somebody comes to you with the word of God and says, hey man, I love you, my brother. I love you, my sister. But in this case, you're wrong. And they can show you in the word of God where you're wrong. Then, then you got to be open to that. But you're not going to be open to it if you are entrenched in your deception. So I pray that if there's anyone watching right now whose eyes have been blinded to the truth, that while we're sharing, while I'm sharing the word of God, that the Father, the Holy Spirit will remove the blinders so that you can see the goodness of God. God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. You got it? All right, number four, bitterness and resentment can block your blessings. So there are people that are bitter towards God, bitter towards the church, bitter towards some pastor, bitter towards someone else, Listen, bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness can block your blessings. These are blessing blockers. This guy missed out on the blessing. Why? Because he was bitter towards the man. Man, I'm not trying to do nothing for you. 
You get rich off of the backs of other people. You just reap when you haven't even sown. Here, you back, take your talent. I don't even want it. He was bitter. He had built up resentment. And there's some people that are bitter. They, they built up resentment to the point where now they're deceived and they can't receive the goodness of God, even when God is trying to bless them because they're not open. How many times have I told you in today's word, be open to the goodness of God, be open to the grace of God, be open to the favor of God. They are not open. They are closed because they've allowed their, their harboring bitterness and resentment and unforgiveness in their heart. They have a root of bitterness in their heart. And listen, I know good people who love God, who come to church Sunday after Sunday, who have allowed a root of bitterness to get a hold of them. If I'm preaching, I don't know why this is the case. Obviously, this is the tool of the enemy. But if I'm preaching about love and unforgiveness or forgiveness, and I say, hey, listen, if you're harboring bitterness or malice or unforgiveness or resentment towards anyone, I need you to come up here to the altar because there's an anointing flowing for the Lord. The Lord wants you to release this thing. The Lord is going to heal your heart to where you can be open towards God again. If that's you, come. If I give that invitation, I don't know what it is about that, but there's always a bunch of people at the altar. And as I'm praying for them, it's crazy. These are people that come to church Sunday after Sunday after Sunday, and they'll be at the altar. And I'll be like, okay, what are you coming for? Uh, you know, I remember I was, praying, I was with this woman, I'm praying, and she was like, I need to forgive my dad. I was like, okay. Well, let's release your dad, you know? And so let's let's pray. And so when I'm starting ministering to her, and then, you know, it, you know, she's crying, she's weeping uncontrollably, the love of God abounds in her heart. She finally lets it all go. She releases it, you know, all of that. And when she's done, and I'm got, you're good, and, and all of that weight is off of her. She's been carrying this weight for years. I'm like, okay, now you're good. Now I need you to call your dad after service and tell him that you love him and that you release them in your heart. And she said, oh, my dad died seven years ago. And I was just standing there like, wow, you've been walking around with this weight and this root of bitterness in your heart. And I see, and you've been coming to church every Sunday and you've been walking around with this root of bitterness in your heart for all this time. And he's been dead for seven years. Why would you do that to yourself? This guy, listen, the root of bitterness will hinder the blessing of the Lord, you got to let it go. Put in the chat, say, I'm going to let it go. Say, God is a good God. Say, I let it go. I let it go right now. All right, number five, the consequences of being deceived are far reaching. Some people have allowed the circumstances of life to cause them to get bitter towards God. And they, they're upset with, don't talk to me about God, Brother Pena. Don't even, don't even bring up God. You know, I, I, I was raised in church. I know, I know the Bible. I know the Bible. I was raised in church. Don't even talk to me about God. My dad was a preacher. My uncle's a preacher. Don't even talk to me about God. Something happened. They are bitter. They're frustrated. They're, they're mad. They're upset. And now they're closed to the goodness of God. This guy was like, I know, I know you're trying to get rich off other people. I know you're trying to reap where you have that soul. Matter of fact, I did nothing with, you want a talent? Here's your talent. Take it back. I did nothing with it. And the master was like, wow, <laughs> you are wicked and you are lazy and you are unfaithful. And it's all because you allowed yourself to build up this root of bitterness towards me. I never did nothing to you. I'm not, I'm not trying to hurt you. I'm trying to bless you. Listen, you got to open up your heart to the goodness of God. Say, God wants to bless me. Put in the chat, say, God wants to bless me. 
Put in the chat, say, God wants to bless me because God is good. So you got to trust that God loves you. Trusting in the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God is, is what's going to keep you open to the blessing of God. Number six, you, you need faith to accept and walk in the goodness of God. So, But faith works by love. So let me explain. So faith is the currency of the kingdom of God. Faith is how you receive everything in the kingdom of God. But faith, Galatians 5 and 6 says, faith works by love. This doesn't mean that your faith is going to work when your love towards God is solid. No, your faith is going to work when you're convinced that God loves you, when God's love towards you is solid. So your faith is only going to work. You, you can never have really faith on the level that, that you want to have until you are convinced that God loves me and God wants to bless me because God is good. The reason why I know God wants to bless me is because God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. And it's not about me. It's all about him. God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. And so now I can have faith in the blessing because I believe that God loves me and that God just wants to bless me because he loves me, not because of my performance. The unfaithful steward was skeptical of the master. So you can't have faith in somebody that you don't even trust. So you got to get to the point where you trust God, where you believe God, that you know that God wants to bless you. Now, when you get to this point, you're convinced that God wants to bless you because God wants to bless you because God is good. Then you can open up your heart to the goodness of God, the grace of God, and it will not be based on your performance. This is why I teach you many times you got to be delivered from performance-based religion. Put, it, put that in the chat. Say, I am delivered from performance-based religion. I'm not performing for God to bless me. I'm receiving for God to bless me. I'm not perform. God doesn't want to bless me because of my performance. God planned to bless me before I performed. God planned to bless me before I ever took one breath, before I ever lived one day. So God already planned to do what he wants to do in my life. So my heart is open to the goodness of God. Say amen to that. Number seven, the last point for today, as I let you go, your perception determines your reception. It's hard to receive what you cannot perceive. And so this guy, the unfaithful steward, could not receive from the master what he could not perceive from the master. You got to be able see your your perception is going to impact your reception. And so you got to be able to perceive that God is a good God, that God wants to bless me because God wants to bless me because God is good. God doesn't want to bless me because I'm good. God doesn't want to bless me because of my performance, because my performance will fluctuate. My performance will waver. If, if your expectation from God is based on your level of performance towards God, then you will never believe God on the level that he wants to bless you because you're just not that good. You will never be able to perform on the level of the blessing that God wants to release in your life. So you got to disconnect your faith from your performance. Put that in the chat. Say, I disconnect my faith from my performance. My faith towards God is based on his love towards me. His love towards me is unconditional. His love towards me is unwavering. His love towards me is unyielding. His love towards me is eternal. He loved me before I ever loved him. He loved me before I ever took one breath. So my faith is rooted and grounded in the goodness and the grace and the love of God towards me. God made plans for me from the foundations of the world. My God is a good God and God wants to use me for his glory. And so I open up my heart to the goodness, to the grace, to the favor, to the anointing. Listen, I'm going to walk with God and God wants to walk with me. Why? Because God is a good God. Yes, he is. Glory to God. Yeah, I'm not, I'm, it's not based on my performance. I don't, I don't have a distrust towards God. I don't have a root of bitterness towards God. I, I'm not deceived. My eyes are not blinded. My eyes are open to the goodness of God, the favor of God. I'm going to see the goodness of God, David said, while I'm in the land of the living and the church said amen. When you change your perform your mindset away from performance-based religion, 
then at that point now I can shift from performance to grace, from scarcity to abundance. I, I now know that God has every, he owns everything everywhere. The master had a bunch of stuff and the master was ready to entrust it into these servants. One of the three servants had the wrong perception. His mind was blinded. And because his mind was blinded, he missed out on God's best. That's not going to be me. I want to be like one of the other two that I'm going to, I'm going to use whatever you put in my hands, father. I'm going to use it for your goodness, for your glory. And when you come back, I'm going to be like, look, God, look at what I did with what you gave me. And I did it by your grace. And I did it for your glory because my life is all about you. Say amen. Amen to that. Man, this was a good message. This really ministered to me. I want you to open up your heart to now, let's seal the deal. Let's close this message out with a declaration of faith. I want you to lift up your voice and speak this over your life. Say, Father, this is a season of refreshing and restoring for me. So I boldly declare, I am not blinded by the deception of the devil. I see your goodness clearly. I reject any form of bitterness or any form of resentment. I remove every blessing blocker. I know you are a good God. You made good plans for me even before I was born. So I'm convinced that you want to bless me. Not because I'm good, but because you are good. I see you as a good God. And I'm open to your good blessings in my life. I changed my mindset from performance to grace, from scarcity to abundance. So Father, I'm convinced that you want to do what you plan to do in me, with me, and through me, simply because you love me. Living with this mindset, I know greater is coming for me. I declare this by faith in Jesus name. Amen. This is today's word. Please apply it and prosper. If you're not getting my notes, these were good notes. These seven points, man, this is some good stuff. Why would you not sign up and get the notes for free? If you're not getting my notes, sign up, get the notes. You're going to you're gonna get all my notes in your email inbox every day for free. So go to todaysword.org, click on the big red subscribe button, and put in your email address there. Listen, let me just say this. I said this at the beginning. I'm going to say it again. If you haven't subscribed to the YouTube channel, do, the, do so right now. Hit subscribe. Hit like. Hit the bell icon so you can no, be notified when we go live. Listen, I love you. God loves you more. I have two things for you. Number one, leave me some comments in the chat if this message was a blessing to you. Number two, share this message right now on your social media, on your timeline, and with your friends. Say, God is good. Say, God wants to bless me. Say, my heart is open to the goodness of God. I'll see you tomorrow morning. God bless you. If you enjoyed this content and you would like to know more about our ministry or you would like to partner with us in what we're doing in the Caribbean, being a blessing to Haitian children in the Dominican Republic, then please go to ripministries.org. You'll be able to find out more information there. And if you'd like to make a donation, all the donations are tax deductible in the United States. A few months ago, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to set up a coaching and mentorship program. And Isabella and I set that up. And so now we make ourselves available on three different levels for those that want access to us and to learn things about maximizing your potential, increasing your personal productivity and fulfilling your life's purpose. If you're interested in that, go to patreon.com forward slash Rick Pina. And then lastly, the Lord impressed it upon my heart to write several books and journals to help people grow in grace and in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. 
please go to rickpina.co if you don't have our material and there's also apparel there as well listen thank you for being a blessing to us we pray that our ministry will continue to be a blessing to you